don't funk with racism. We don't funk with people who don't support the LGBTQ plus community. And baby, we damn sure don't funk with anybody who don't love a beautiful black queen, baby. You see this tape? You don't let nobody act black and then go home and be white? It only takes a little bit of white brainwash to activate the cool chip in the average Negro. And a lot of white folk have demonstrated eloquently that they don't have no sense. Alright, so let's go ahead and transition into the questions. The first question is, why are boundaries important? I think boundaries important because if we don't set boundaries, these white folks gonna treat us like we ain't shit. And that's a problem for me. Cause you ain't gonna treat me like I ain't shit. So I feel like we don't set those boundaries. Like they treat us essentially like we not humans. What's, uh, well, let's go deeper into that. When you say that white people treat us like we ain't shit, give me an example of that or several examples if you can. Boom, I can give you one that happened every day. You ever been walking on Mississippi State University campus, uh -huh. PWI campus, uh -huh. and you been on the sidewalk uh -huh. and you walk and you see a girl. It's a happen to be a white group. And they got the whole sidewalk taken up. But you see you. Uh -huh, and see she me. see you, see you. And she see me too. You see what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And you walking. And she didn't move. And she, and, but you had to move. No. You see me, what I'm saying? Let me tell you something. I'm a linebacker. Go through her. <laughs> you going to go through her. That's me. That's me. I'm going to go through you. But I shouldn't have to go through you. Or around you. But it make it more fun. It around. do make it a little fun. Just bop, bam. Give me a little right back in there. Because I'll snatch anything. You know, we ain't got to go there. What's another example <laughs> of how white people treat us like shit, like in day to day, everyday life? I feel like that touching my hair shit, that's real weird to me. You know what? what I feel like that's real motherfucking weird. You ever had a white person just come up and, oh, what? I got real nigga hair, so I don't think a white person has ever been like excited to touch my hair, but I know it's. You know what I'm talking about. Hair. Exactly that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, let's go ahead. Um, and so today, Wavo and I have constructed a list of boundaries to implement while socializing and interacting with white people or navigating into white spaces. So the first one that I wanted to give you guys, the first social boundary, is to stop willingly giving non-black physicians and doctors access to your black body. Would you like to expand on this boundary? Yeah, I can go into this uh, for me instantly. So my biological makeup, obviously, is that of a female. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I got an OB. Um, I was forced, necessarily, growing up to have a white one because there was no access to a black one. What city are you coming from? Biloxi, Mississippi, oh, wow. the one of the most populated cities in the state of Mississippi. It's scary. Yeah, so uh, we, we couldn't find a black position, uh -huh. and specifically a black female. So at the end of the day, I was I had no choice but to go to what I had. And my experience with her was nothing short of hell. Nothing short of hell. What did this white woman do to you? This white woman was trying to put me on 30 different medications for having PCOS. Something that can easily be fixed. Dang, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And I think that we should talk more about it just because as black people, we are in like great trouble when it comes to like going into doctors' offices just because like, you know, what is it, eugenics? And because mm -hmm. they believe that black people were animals, they also associated our anatomy with animals. So a lot of physicians don't feel like black people can feel pain the way that other white people can feel pain. Or they think that we're lying or over-exaggerating when we mm -hmm. come in and we're complaining and stuff. So I think it's important to solely focus on finding a black teen, even with a childcare births, right? Mm -hmm. So... Black women have the highest mortality rate of childcare births in America. And more specifically, the state of Mississippi has the highest rate of child care mortality, childbirth mortality in America. So obviously the black woman is in danger in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. So you sh we need to be trying to find more black doulas, more black doctors, more black physicians, black dentists. Black everything. Yes. And people that will advocate for you in those spaces because I feel like white people are always trying to get over on this, especially in those spaces. Big farmers bullshit. Come on now. It's all, at the end of the day, it's all going to come back to one thing and that's all capital, all money. Cap at the end of the day, they running up checks with these Medicaid. You get what I'm saying? And you know 
what? That is something I've always wanted to scream black people. Like, I know here we're talking about race, but the the biggest issue we have is not against black and white, but it's against rich and poor. And I don't think people really understand that you could be white woman, white woman, caring, caring, caring all day, but you're going to have more in common with a poor white woman than you will with a rich black man. Like, that's just how, that's how the, um, capitalism works. Yeah. <laughs> to be exact, that's exactly how capitalism works. I mean, that's exactly what it was intended for this country, though. If you think about the systems that still exist, the systems that started, quote-unquote, America in the 1700s and 1776 and all this stuff, it all goes back to capital and these systems, even modern-day prison system, which is also quoted as the modern-day slave system. You get what I'm saying? It's all going to go back to that root of capital in the system. So I'm in grad school, and I taught my first grad class on Friday, and we were going over the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. Mm. And, you know, the 13th one is the abolishment of slavery mm. except for in prison. So I'm teaching majority, all of my class is freshmen, and I'm like, okay, so you see this this loophole here, what do you think it means? It means that you you are free unless you in jail. This wife will look at me and goes, it's not that bad like it used to be, though. And I was like, baby, who told you that? Baby, your ass been in jail. No, and they don't realize that, like, I don't actually watch, I watched a really good video about it today, how, like, these people are making no more than 10 cents a day. And if you have good behavior, then you have the opportunity of making 125 cents an hour. Every day, <laughs> yeah, it's giving slavery. It is, it's and then they're making money off of our backs, off of the labor of black people. In mm. fact, Ohio just reported today that they will go into bankruptcy if they're not able to uphold like the prison system in Ohio. Like they're gonna go into bankruptcy and if something happened to it. And that is complete. That's the same thing going on in Mississippi. We got the most incarcerated black men per capita is in the state of Mississippi. I'm so scared of the police. I'm so not scared. scared of the police. We can't be out here being scared of the police. I mean, I'm, okay, I'm not a pistol, but the police scare me. No, they, they fuck the police. Up. I be sweating and lifting up under my See, and that's the problem. This, that's I mean, the problem. They the problem. I'm not the problem. We can't be scared of that. Just like, hold up. But that go back to just how the white people on the sidewalk, right? You willing to move through them. When you see the police, you're not willing to move through them. No, I'm see, not. that's the problem. I gotta, I gotta we shouldn't be scared life. of these police. I gotta stop resisting. No, gotta you gotta stop. start resisting. You gotta, gotta keep resisting. Arrest. And I gotta uh, be still and I gotta put be my still, hand peace on. be still. Yes, peace, and peace. I gotta I gotta um tell the officer the truth. Yeah. Yes, sir. This Me, is I'm alive. cocaine in the back. And I'm alive. Yeah. I'm alive. Sir, that is powdered sugar. <laughs> <laughs> sir, that is powdered sugar from the Kroger. I, I don't have know to what work you're talking about. You see what I'm saying? I just got off work. <laughs> I, you know, ship is on the corner that way. <laughs> what I'm gonna say. All right, let's go to the next boundary. The next boundary states not allowing non-black people to touch your hair. Oh, right back to this conversation. Yeah, but we can expound on it just because um our our black hair is ether. It's mm. it's spiritual matter, and our black hair is magical. Like what other hair you know when you get it wet, it defies gravity. It shrinks up. It grows. Okay, up okay, okay. Like that is that is. It's our, giving tree of life. That's it's giving it tree of life. So um. That, and it also protects your 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 crown chakra too. Yeah, and you gotta keep that protected so you can't have any and everybody touching on your hair. And I understand the white fascination with black hair. I understand. Yeah. I understand that they hair lay lengthless. Yeah, it's dry. It's itchy. Mm -hmm. I understand. <laughs> Lice out here, <laughs> real bad, real bad, real bad, real bad. Let me tell y'all. Understand? Don't touch my shit. No, and we gotta stop. Number one, we gotta stop like trying to. We number one, we need to stop buying our black girls white baby dolls just because they end up looking at those white baby dolls and thinking mm. that those are visions of beauty mm -hmm. and power. And then I remember growing up when I was in kindergarten, we used to play in white girls' hair. We used to think, damn, I wish my hair was long and pretty like this. Mm -hmm. And we never learned to truly appreciate our hair. And now we went through this cultural revolution where we learned to accept our hair and value our hair and Thank treat you. it and to show it the way that it naturally is. We don't we done pass the fucking crown act exactly to that. legally protect our hair. So 
when even when you got your 29 30 inch bust down middle part okay don't let karen and Suzanne and becky run their face don't let them touch your mm-hmm. shoes Exactly. Right. That go for you, girl. Stop letting them white women run their fingers through your waves. Get that motherfucking <laughs> dirty fingernail through your head. It just don't make sense. Ain't to do me. it. I mean, I feel like it's become so naturalized to them, though. It's like they obsessed with our culture, and I feel like our hair is a part of our culture. It is. And they constantly trying to copy our culture. You know how many black faces I've seen people putting afros on, and white people trying to put wigs on, and what the hell is you doing? You know. Tell you the historical context behind black hair. So um during the slave period, white men were um sexually um attracted to black women because of their hair. And it had gotten so bad it got to the point where the white women of the communities found out about it and they wanted to publicly hang and lynch these black women because of their hair. So they passed a law, they passed an ordinance where these black women were forced to cover up their hair. So that's where the tradition of wearing church wearing scarves in churches and stuff that's what it comes from because they try to legally punish us for having beautiful hair now that's fucked up that's 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 your but it it don't surprise me that's the worst part it's not surprising type of shit they didn't did but don't let nobody touch your your hair hair. don't let nobody touch your hair your baby hair your cousin hair it don't matter don't let nobody touch your hair let's move on to the next boundary Number three is not allowing non-black people to mispronounce your name ever. Ooh, what? I gotta deal with this shit every day. Tell, tell me, tell me the story. Is it McKee? Is it Makai? How do you say your name? I I can tell you exactly how to say my name thirteen times, and they still gonna sit there and say that shit wrong in front of the whole motherfucking class. Yes, and, I, and they're not gonna care. They're not gonna give no fucks. You just sitting there, okay, and then move on with your life. And I'm just like, do I really, I'm gonna stop you. You're not gonna continue to take your role until you say my name, like pronounce it fully, correctly, and real loud, emphasis on the real loud. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't got time for that shit. You gonna learn my name one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And you gonna hear it again and again. That's so true. we gonna get it right the first time. So when you hear it again, you know who I am That's real. every time. So let me tell you the historical context behind black names. So during slavery, um, families were broken up and they were taken apart and they were separated historically. So what black mothers did as a response of the disbursement and the displacements of families, they gave their children unique names so that when they, in the the case or the fact that they were separated, you would have a unique name to the fact where people would hear it and it would be memorable. So when they were writing letters, they were writing in newspapers, trying to find their separated family members, they would write down what their names were which were very strange and odd and they depicted different things and they were rooted in afrocentric names and stuff so that's why names are historically stranger or but they're also historically powerful they Mm -hmm. your name holds meaning and that's why it's so important for you to Allow white people to put some respect on your your name. name. Your name is your power. And that goes as far as not even allowing white people to give you a nickname because they're too lazy Mm. to learn your real name. Mm. Please Mm. don't ever in your life allow a white person to shorten your name. You tell them to call you with your mama name. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Whole name it. Okay, Javante, Jamaris, Jamaris, Johnson. What? Okay. Look, I mean, if you can, if you can pronounce all these Auschwitz birds and that's what I'm saying. What the hell? Rutherford, Vermont, whistle bound, whistle blowers, like <laughs> all that, and you can do all. But these. you can't take the time to know my name. No, I feel like black names off, like the really, really urban ones, they sound similar. Like if you've heard one, you can pretty much for the most part kind of exactly that. With, with how it's pronounced. Yeah. That's how all black that's not that go even past black names. Most names is like that. Except for white people. White people, Tiffany, Becky. You know what I'm saying? You know what? And then what's crazy is is that they won't learn Asian names. So Asian people, they adopt Christian names. They adopt white people's names. Christianity. Make it easier for white people to call them by a name that they can pronounce. And I'm not doing it. And that's the same thing in the indigenous community. They won't learn our name. 
You don't want to learn her name. They don't care to learn your name. They don't care to learn your last name. They don't care to learn nothing about you. They just know that you indigenous or Native Americans or Indians, as like white people like to call us. Uh-huh. We they Indians and the, shit. Um, not the red dot Indian. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And I'll be like, they be up. what the hell? It just, it just don't stop. It's like white people find a new way to get on your motherfucking nerves. They creative. I give him that. She is innovative, actually. In, in not innovative. <laughs> they, not innovative. They wake up in the morning. They go get it, huh? Go get them. Hey, boy. Who nerd? We gonna get it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the brown boys right there. Stop allowing non-black people to perpetrate and mimic the realities of black people. Mm. That's that's a hard one. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. That's a hard one to get into because like our reality was created really by them. Yeah. Our entire reality of today, every system, everything, and you go, you can name anything you want to, and I'm gonna tell you how it's related to back to black people, school. Hell. Yeah. I think PWI, we on the PWI campus right now. Yeah. This is my reality. I got a lot of different experiences Would you like when it comes with the people. To, okay, so me personally, I always wanted to go in the military. That was my thing. Like before, I even you know was educated on the military, America, and all these different systems. I wanted to go into the military. So I was like, okay, you know, like I'm gonna go in the military. Right. I became the shit at ROTC and all the shit. Okay, you know, I was ready. Say, I already get on the bus and go fight. I was ready. And this white man dead ass told me, he was like, you know, you're not good enough. I was like, what? What do mean I'm not good enough? I done met generals and got, you know, national recognitions. I done passed everything. I got high scores. And he said, you're just not good enough to be one of us. Uh-huh. I said, really? He was like, my reality will never be yours. Uh-huh. And I said, really? Well, tell me why he in jail today. For what? Not the Marines. <sighs> The Marine, baby. The uh, Marine. The, the sergeant. The sergeant. The Marine. What? He in jail for money laundering. Oh. But I wasn't good enough for him. No, you weren't good enough. I wasn't good enough. He said the military can never be a black person's reality. But that's the truth, though. And you, and you know, that's what I was getting to you. He was 100% right. And I'm glad he said it when he said it, because if I would have went in, I would have hated everything about my reality. You and you would have because the military is not created for black people. Exactly. Historically, it's not. The military does nothing but reduce us down into a small life. And why in the world would you want to fight for a country that wouldn't want to fight? For exactly. You? But I was brainstorming. I was brainstorming. I was brainstorming. Yes, but they had my ass. They had my ass. I'm ready to go die for Uncle Sam. Yeah. 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 And I look at my ass. Yeah. And it's I'm fuck right. Uncle Sam. Okay. It's fuck Uncle Sam. Let me not be too loud. You know, they go stupid uncle, they uncle, baby. Uh, they go stupid over their uncle. I just give him his little money at the end of the year. Yeah, and, and you, yeah, we get, mm, yeah. you know how they go. Mm-hmm. We gotta be, he really might pimp. See? We gotta be real quiet on that one. Real bad. Yeah, we hold it down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the next one. Stop allowing non black people to reduce you into a stereotype. Now, mm. I, for black women especially, we usually go by three common stereotypes. And that's something that I will get more into in our next episode. But the first stereotype is the Jezebel. And that is the depiction of the angry black woman. Um, the next one is going to be the mammy. That's the older black woman. That's the one that's supposed to be caretaker. They do all the cooking and the cleaning. And they're responsible for the children. The last one is um, the sapphire. So the sapphire is the sexualization of black women. And usually when black people look at us as women, they typically reduce us into a combination, if not just one of those stereotypes. And that, that doesn't that doesn't do justice for the many stereotypes that black women have. I've heard about a new one that's more modern. It's called the black female therapist and I think that is so mm. interesting. Have you been seeing like a lot of black female therapists on like TV? That's all I've been seeing. Yeah. All I've been seeing is mental health from black women, which of course we need, yep. but now it's starting to feel like it's propaganda. 
It is propaganda, and I, I saw it put a very interesting way. They said that it's, it's a it's a positive representation of it, but it's the role in which they play, where it's kind of like a mammy role, the servitude role, where you're giving white people advice, and you're just a side character, and they can choose whether or not they can accept your advice or going on, because black women are typically used and known for the advice that they give, and culturally and historically, our advice has been ignored. So I think it is in some ways very problematic where they get to show like the sassy characteristics because that is another negative term that's like associated to black women, the sassiness of it all. Mm -hmm. So that is what they kind of depict with this stereotype. I don't got no comments on that one. It's okay. I don't, I don't, I've never been, I can't say I've never been placed in a category where I was stereotyped. But it's like I don't allow myself to be with one. You know what? You might be so far out of the box, people can't place you, you into can. a box. You really can't. That's a blessing because yeah. I feel like I get stereotyped quite often. Yeah, I got so much shit going on with me, you can't pinpoint <laughs> a certain category to place my ass in. I'm black, I'm, I'm Native American, I'm like Puerto Rican, you know what I mean? I'm transgender, we can do this all day. You get what I'm saying? There's no real category you can stereotype my ass because I'm so much different. Do you feel like it works against you or works for you? I think it works a little bit of both. For me, in the instance of, like I said, you can't place me in no category, so I don't feel like I'm ever really competing with nobody but myself. That's real. And against me because... I feel like I'm only in competition with myself. I've been saying that this confirmation. I've exactly. been saying both of them all week that I'm only in competition with myself. That's both good and bad. I don't get into it. <laughs> I don't. Let, let me talk about like when I have been like reduced into a stereotype. So as of recently, again, I just got into grad school and there's only four black people within our entire department and I'm the only one within my class and, you know, the only black female point mm. blank period. So um, when I first entered into the environment, I feel like I was stereotyped but just because I don't look like the typical historian in training. Mm. I understand that. So I feel like they expected me to come with nonsense just off the gate yeah yeah or when they hear me talk and they hear how country i am mm -hmm. they expect me to come with nonsense and mm -hmm. then once i tell them about what i've accomplished and what i have done the and then they see me teach and they see me analyze books and stuff they mm. have nothing to say mm. because they jaw is completely dropped yeah floor, as it time. should be as it should be yeah okay you just gotta sit back and let them see well, I don't. I don't really care what they do to be honest. Exactly. I was gonna do me because you're doing you. You doing you. But it's so important for us. Like to to remember to call people out when they reduce us into such a small role. Mm. Like we are not like the side character. We're not the side role. Um, our lives are just as important and as functional as anyone else's lives. Main character, your story. Real At main character, time. energy. At all times. <laughs> I'll dance tomorrow. Exactly that. Okay. Let's go to boundary number six, which is never allow yourself to become the token black friend. Hmm. Let me say this. If you if you in a situation and you the only black person in that situation, you need to be leaving that situation. <laughs> a a I don't even let myself be in a room full of white people alone. I don't do that. I don't know me personally, like I said, I don't allow I got white associates. You know, I got respect for you. Mm -hmm. We ain't never going to be friends. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you ain't never going to know what it feels like to be me, to be in my skin cone. The tokenism for me really is the problem because when, especially for, I feel like the stereotype, the stereotype really is for black men because I see, I feel like more often see a lot of black men hanging around like large groups of white guys and they are the token friend. They the friend that let them say the N-word I nearly willing. Oh, yeah. They the, um, they the friend that they can make racist jokes. Yeah. Oh, and, um. By the way, I wanted to say that racist jokes are not funny, and all you white people can go to kill because all your jokes are old. They're tarnished, they're decrepit, <laughs> they're geriatric, and you can let them go. At least when my black people gonna get on white folks' ass, they gonna get on your ass for the old and the new, and they coming up with new jokes every single day. I'm so I just want right. at, at the end of the day, it's time for you to retire your dry jokes. <laughs> 
Um, back to the topic. Yeah, again. back to the topic. I don't know that exactly how you said it. Like I'm in politics, so I'm surrounded by all these black white guys that that think they black. If that makes sense, it's these black men who take on these white personifications. They they want they love their excess the white trying to be that token in the room. Exactly. You're not doing that, but getting you. You're not doing shit, but embarrassing us. How are you gonna give a privileged person more privilege? How are you gonna let somebody go outside and act black and then come home and be white? Exactly that, and then that that give them the access to be able to be like, oh, well, I know how you black people feel in these communities and this. Community. You don't know about shit about how nobody feel, but all because that one black person stood his ass in that room and acted real motherfucking white, all of a sudden you feel like you know some shit. And that's a problem for me because you don't know nothing. But black people being that tokenism, being that all skin folk and kin folk, mm-hmm. don't do shit but make it worse for us out here in this community. Us out here trying to advocate. Us out here trying to do the right shit within politics and policy and law and all this shit. Me trying to be better at politics and me be the real black person in the room and say, no, this shit a fucking problem. While the black man over there going like, oh, yeah, no, we cool. Y'all cool, y'all get it. You know I'm black. I'm cool with it. You cool with it. We all cool with it. That ain't how the shit's supposed to be. I just I don't understand. I don't understand where it came from. Like, well, I do understand where it came from because the white man did put us together and make mm, Eurocentric yeah. standards. So it made black men want to get close. And it's not just black men because black oh, let me tell you something. Them black women be going out sorry let trying to get you. to these white sororities and stuff. Let me tell you, I live. In um, Bryce, my freshman year, and there was this girl, bless her soul, dark as night. Now she was made up like a stallion. Not the seven floors, huh? Yes, I lived on the third Bryce. of the seven floors oh, of the house. Yes. But this girl, she was like, I'm going to go to a sorority, I'm going to go to a frat party. We said, Don't take your ass down. Not there. the Divine Nine. No, baby. Oh, no, baby. Them coons down there. <laughs> The Ku Klux Klan, KKK, the, white <laughs> the Proud Boys, yes, yeah, the Hard yeah. Boys, yeah, them, them, yeah. Did she come back? Oh, she came she back came with back. her feelings hurt. Oh, because when she got to the door, they told her they not they done. They got the in that ass. For the night. Yeah, yeah, they done right. They Yeah, we closed. But we told you mm. stop being a token friend. Mm-hmm. You need to get around some black people that know some sense. It, exactly. There's so many different varieties of black people out here. You exactly. can't just like 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 normalize us and small like reduce us down to one stereotype and say exactly. we all hate you. That's impossible. At the very least, your mama loves Love you. you. Yeah, exactly that. At the very least, you're going to find one friend on this campus. Your grandma's somewhere praying for you. Somewhere. Somebody out there praying, praying for, you. for you. It don't even matter if it's your mama, daddy, grandma, uncle, brother, cousin. Because the white people is praying on you. Exactly that. So, look, everything working. Everything working. Yes, everything working in God's divine time. Exactly that. All right. Um, What is it now? Boundary number seven. Stop inviting any and every white person to the cookout. I don't know what they, why the hell we keep doing this? Because shit. I hate when I look over and you got Jimmy over there with a plate trying to figure out what the hell he supposed to be eating at this cookout. My thing is, is this. Why would I reward somebody for doing what they supposed to to do? If Mm. a white person is treating me with respect and isn't being racist, I'm not going to give him a cookie because he treated me like a human being. That's what he was supposed to do. do. And he don't get no access into my privilege. Y'all need to start gatekeeping the community. Mm. Everybody feels like they got access to the cookout. Mm-hmm. So everybody want to pull up and have a little piece, but they never mm-hmm. want to get back to the community. They don't even want to put in on the okay. cookout, but you want to pull up and sit down and take a seat. How you going to invite them to the cookout, but you didn't get no invitation to the potluck? Exactly. You know, that's how that go. You don't pull up to the black cookout without putting in on the black cookout. That's how we do. Who bringing the drinks? Uh-huh. Who bringing the bread? Uh-huh. You bringing the meat? I got you got the macaroni uh-huh. okay that's how it go and then black people just be inviting everybody like like you said i feel like it's is doing going back into that tokenism of trying to be like oh yo you know we cool because you was respecting me you can come to the cookout now what do you want a white ally yes. a white friend yep. is that what you want is that gonna make you feel like they're gonna treat you right and when they get around their group of friends treat you just the same i'm not i'm not no you supposed to use your privilege for me that's your job that's your job, that's your job now now I will think. I don't know. Would you? Would you like 
I would invite a white person if they put their life on the line. Like that white woman that rode with the Freedom Riders in the 1970s mm-hmm. that, that got put in Jackson jail. No. I'm going to say she she can come sit outside. Yeah, like I'll bring her a plate, but she can't stay at the cookout. You know, I'm going to keep saying that because that's her job. That was her job. Her people, her community, her ancestors was the reason we in the fucking situation we in. So at the end of the day, it's your motherfucking job to step up. When an officer trying to shoot me, you need to step in front of him. Because he's not going to shoot your ass before he shoot me. You can come to the cookout. Yeah. Um, I remember during the George Floyd protest, it was getting so bad in um Minnesota that the white mothers came out and they created a wall among them. And look what it did. Yeah, and it protected all of them. Then the next day, the white vets came out and they made a wall of veterans. It was all hugging and singing, cool body. And exactly. Yes. And that's my point, because that day we lost one less black child, yes. one less black man and one less black woman. Yes. Had that not been that wall, how many black women, child, you know, whatever it may be, would we have lost? Because, yes. you know, she got left a couple of days later. Yes. She went up in flames. Yes. They took a knee with him, turned around and started beating the hell out of him. So at the end of the day, I'm going to keep saying it. It's your job to stand. Standard number eight. Stop going back and forth with non-black people on the Internet. Let me let me remind you guys that y'all are not on payroll to be educating and to be teaching these people your history. It is not your job to to educate the masses. If a person of non-color wants to learn more about your history, they will take the initiative upon themselves to do their own research, okay? Most of the people that you are going back and forth with online do not have it in their minds to try to learn something new. The on Their goal is to exacerbate you of your energy and to ruin your day. They don't have the good intentions that you have if, if you started off that argument having good intentions. Leave them motherfuckers alone. Exactly. Don't waste your time, energy, or breath on somebody that don't give two fucks about anything you got to say, especially a white man or a white woman. And that goes back to y'all white people. Do not expect black people to give you sources. Do not expect black people to recommend books for you. If you want to learn, you hop that ass on Google.net USA and you you research and you figure out where you need to start. It's a Google, it's a YouTube, all the everything YouTube in the world. The world is just different space, now. Facebook, all the TikTok, shit. shit. And y'all want to ask me out of the all black people in the world. Well, I want to be an ally. And that's another thing. White people, you cannot be allies until you are invited to mm-hmm. be an ally. You exactly. cannot name yourself as an ally. Trying to be over over its uh, allyship. You start to look real racist. Uh, what can I black, can I hold my fist up? Mm-hmm. Can I come with you? Mm-hmm. Can I do this, baby? You can do baby, it. Yeah. You okay? No. Do you feel racist? Do you feel racist? Do you need a hug? Shit, I hug no white person. <laughs> I am not hugging no goddamn white person. You gonna do a fist bump again? Nah, not even that. You do a little smile. You ain't heard of the plague, monkeypox? No. COVID? No. You know white people transport that shit. No. Real, real fast. You trying to tell me when COVID broke out, it wasn't the white people that was spreading that shit. They were still partying. No mad, going crazy. I ain't touching no white person. So I believe in sanitation. I believe in shooting for the stars. <laughs> Come on, and for our final standard, I find a boundary of the afternoon, not allowing non-black people to say the N-word ever. And 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 let me preface and 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 and, and let me place an emphasis on this. Y'all need to stop that mess. Y'all do. So, do you think I need to give them the educational background behind? Yes, them? give them give them the rundown. Let them know what's really going on. Okay, but go into your um real quick. My mm, mm. my doctor. Mm. Mm. Okay, doctor, come on, let's go. <laughs> Take me to church, doctor Gray. Take me to church. So essentially, the word nigger n i g g e r comes from the word nakis. And the word nakis comes from African dialect, which loosely translate into the word king. So when they took us all from South Africa and they they dispersed us through the Middle Passage and they placed us into enslavement, they turned the word nakis into the, the oppressive 
word nigger and and it's a it's a term that enforces and supports the oppression of black people because it it justified the fact that there was someone over you that was oppressing you and they made sure that it 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 put you at a lower or a lesser place of power so anytime that someone calls you that it 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 brings up the the racial history and the racial significance behind it okay and i also want you guys to keep in mind that there is no other word that has this type of power if you turned around and you called a white person a cracker which most of us do the word cracker comes from the history of the white man cracking the whip on black person's back it does not have any type of significant history that oppresses the white person there is no way that you will have the type of power to oppress the white person mm. so no the calling a white person a cracker is not technically racist it might be prejudiced but it's not racist so i hate that racist that reverse racism you can't you i argue it down all day there is no such thing as reverse racism I keep on resistance and oppression that's real resistance and oppression reverse racism i don't know about that one Y'all need to stop. Y'all need to stop. So, like, up north, I've noticed that there's a reoccurring trend of black people allowing different races to say the N-word because they feel like that is a word to justify friendship or kinship amongst people. And I don't approve of it. I don't. And it's a lot of people down in the South that don't approve of it because we have a great understanding of our racial history exactly. in the South. We're more connected to our ancestors. If you up North and you hear somebody that is not Black saying the N-word, you're supposed to smite them. Exactly. We got, hell, we got laws down here on words like that. Like, they outlawed that shit at one point. Like, literally, the fact that you had to have a federal law against the word nigga should tell you everything that your white friend shouldn't be saying. I just don't know why y'all feel like this okay. I won't want no white person to say What's up, nigga? Anyway. Hi, nigga. See, what? I'm real quick to tell a white person, don't let me hear this come out your mouth. Because you, you know what's up. You know what's up. You're going to have to hear me. You're going to have more than one problem. You're going to have a whole community of problems. I'm not a plethora. Not a plethora. Well, we rolled up like the Royal Navy did. Oh, no. In 1865, let me hear you. We don't play by that. Oh, we coming like the Haitian during the rebellion. Do you hear me? Revolution, don't play with us. All right, so let's go ahead and transition. We let me go over our list of boundaries before I transition into our tips. Number one, stop willingly giving non-black physicians and doctors access to your body. Number two, not allowing non-black people to touch your hair. Number three, not allowing non-black people to mispronounce your name ever. Stop allowing non-black people to perpetrate and mimic the realities of black people. Number five, stop allowing non-black people to reduce you into a stereotype. Number six, never allow yourself to become the token black friend. Number seven, stop inviting any and everyone to the cookout. Number eight, stop going back and forth with non-black people on the internet. And finally, number nine, stop allowing non-black people to say the N-word. All right, so now that we have brought up all these boundaries and we have highlighted all these problems and things that you need to be focusing on while you're navigating through these white spaces, we want to be able to provide you with a few tips and a few solutions because that's just the type of people that we are. For sure. Wait, but go ahead and give them the first tip. Again, you need to be advocating for yourself. It's amazing to be an advocate out here, but if you're not advocating for yourself, you can't advocate for nobody else. You need to be establishing boundaries, but not just everybody that goes for all black people all white people it don't matter if you pink purple or blue you need to establish boundaries for everybody and most importantly for yourself prioritize your mental health your education your life everything you got going you need to prioritize and advocate for you be there for you step up for you speak for you and most importantly stay true to you that's real i also want to place the emphasis on the latter part of this tip which is advocate for others yes advocate for yourself speak up for yourself when you are in a position where you have no power you need to be the only person you you are going to be the only person advocating for yourself but i feel like as a culture not just black culture not just white part of culture but american culture as a whole we mm. have become so desensitized to violence mm. we have become like it's so normal to us because of our the exposure we received because of social media I, I i wanted to bring up an example that happened in new york where there was a woman trigger warning trigger warning um there was a woman on a new york train that was sexually assaulted on the plane um during like at night 
in front of a group of people. The plane, the train was not empty, and yet this lady fully was raped on this bus, and no one advocated for her. In fact, the only thing that these people did was pull out their phones and they started to record. Imagine what would have happened if someone had taken the time to advocate or speak up for that woman in that instance. Like um, I said earlier. Imagine if someone had a really advocated for George Floyd. Yes, there were a few people who stood up and said something was wrong, but mm -hmm. imagine if someone had to put their life or neck out on the line. Maybe George Floyd would be here to tell his story instead of us telling his story for him. You want to give the next tip? Uh, tip number two, it's not your job to educate people that need to be educated. It's our job to educate black children. Again, we shouldn't be entertaining these ignorant conversations on social media and even in person. People who ask in questions, they obviously know the answer to. Because rule number one, you never want to really ask a question you know the answer to. And these white people know what the hell they're doing when they badgering us, fucking with us, trying to intimidate us and step on us and treat us like we ignorant the whole time. they the ones asking ignorant questions. And that just goes back into not feeding into that and being the ones feeding into our children, our youth our up-and-coming generations. We, the generation that's known for breaking most of the generational curses, changing yeah. shit, speaking, talking about mental health, talking about shit that, you know, these older generations don't want to have conversations about. Yeah. And now we in a position to set the pace for the next generation, set the lead for the next generation, be an example. And now I think more than ever, we see more black kids wanting to be more black professions because of us because yeah. when i was growing up i wanted to go in the military because of black women exactly and now i see i see a black woman doing this she a physician she a ob you know she doing all these things that i always had white people doing mm -hmm. and so now more than ever because we educating ourselves and we changing generations it don't do nothing but put an emphasis on our future and our future generations so yeah uplifting our black community and most importantly our black babies yeah um most definitely the third tip is stop allowing non-black people to intimidate you. And I feel like that has a lot to do with imposter syndrome. We go into these spaces. Imposter syndrome is this feeling of when you get into these mostly white spaces and you feel as if you are less qualified or less mm -hmm. than those your white peers and counterparts. And um, yeah, that is rooted in white supremacy and racism. So don't allow these people to make you feel as if you are less than. If you are in the room, you take their presence and you you become a part of a movement. You speak your peace. Nobody is better than you. The only person you are competing with is yourself. Mm. Nobody is better than you. So so be the be the light in the room. Be the light in the room. Don't let these folks intimidate you. Um, tip number four. Normalize getting a second opinion when white people tell you things. Ooh. I have seen, especially down here in the South, so many black people be misdiagnosed, mm. wrongly diagnosed, mm. or die because of a white physician mm. that did not listen to them or further investigate. So mm. when when you or your parents or somebody that is close to you, you feel like something is off, you need to normalize going to somebody else, somebody you feel comfortable with and getting a second opinion. Exactly that. Because your body always going to tell you right from wrong more than any doctor can tell you yes. your body know what's up so at the end of the day it's so important to seek out proper and safe health care whatever it may be you know if you want to sit down and have a talk and just feel safe or like our black woman with the most you know i think the biggest and most obvious issue in america right now is abortion mm -hmm. and access for black women to proper physicians and proper health care that's going to help them so more importantly like our black woman don't be afraid to go get a second opinion. If you are forced to be in a situation where you got a white doctor, don't be scared to go get you a second opinion because at the end of the day, we need you and your future. Very true. And let me give you the final tip um, that you can implement into your day-to-day -day life to help you with setting boundaries. The final tip is to educate yourself on Black topics that interest you and to find credible and scholarly sources. So um, I understand that a lot of black history is very grim and very dark and it might not be comfortable to research topics like slave trade, enslavement as a whole, um, as well as um, 
the discrimination that we have faced throughout our 400 plus years in America. I do, however, want to interest you to study more diverse and more broad topics within um, the Black arena. So there are so many different facets and eras within the Black community, something like the Black Power Movement, um, the My Black is Beautiful Movement, the Black Renaissance in Harlem, mm. the Civil Rights Movement. There's so many different Afro-futurism. Uh, There's mm. so many different facets of Blackness that you could look into and learn more about and be proud of because we have done so much and overcome it. So when you are researching these things, make sure that you are finding credible and scholarly sources. And I cannot stress that enough. Y'all, I don't know what's going on, but people are really blackwashing information lately. Have you heard that term? Before? I heard that term all on Twitter right now. I've been hearing it on TikTok too because um, yeah, have you been hearing the black people say that the black people is the original Native American? Yeah, that shit. That, as somebody who is indigenous by blood. I'm real, you know how, you know, yeah, you know, that's like a white person saying some shit like that. It's stupid. No, baby, indigenous is indigenous, native to this land. That's just like, you know, black people come from different tribes all over the world. Hell, that's how the slave middle passage started. Black people warm with different tribes and not paying tributes to kings and queens. So you can't sit here and tell me that, you know, black people is the original indigenous people. Or um, this whole idea that all black people come from Egypt. Like yeah, that's so over. Um, a majority of enslaved Africans came from South um, Africa. They mm -hmm. came from South Africa, y'all. Yeah. We did not come from so Kemet. They are black. They are African, but they are not us. Mm -hmm. All skin folks are not kin folks, and y'all gotta understand that it was the Egyptians that sold us into slavery. So y'all gotta stop saying it. Y'all gotta stop trying to like make Egyptian culture African American culture because the Middle East did not already claim it. Egypt. Egypt, yep, and then they think Egypt, the whole whole continent of Africa. They do. They don't even recognize Egypt as the like as a part of Africa. They Which consider is so the Middle funny. East. I'll be like, so I wear these two rings, right? I have right. a ring of Queen Ida. She was a, a black queen. She mm -hmm. had an all black resistance um army base, and they fought off the British. Then I have Queen uh, a, a ring of King Tut on my finger mm -hmm. as well. So I was in Jackson buying some um some cigars and um this middle eastern man was checking me out and he said i love your wings and i said thank you he said you got one from africa and one from the middle east and i looked at my rings and i like me i looked at my rings and be like both of these rings are derivative from africa because yeah. egypt is in africa and queen i was from nigeria so i'm sitting up here like i was like you don't consider egypt as a part of africa and he like no it's the middle east y'all need to kill that dream that dream so dead. It's been whitewashed. Mama, I'm like, y'all trying to blackwash it. Exactly that. Right back. So make sure when you're doing your research, you are finding credible scholars. Y'all leave Wikipedia alone. Y'all got to use Britannica and all that shit. All this leave that alone. Go open your book. Go read your manuscript. Go to the library. Watch a documentary. Do something. Like, because this stuff right here, they really... They, they they making us look stupid, stupid. in front of company. Okay? Y'all need to let that dream go. All right. Shout out to the slaves. Yeah, shout out to the slaves. You feel me? Shout out to Harriet Tubman. That shout was out to the real niggas. Shout out to the real niggas. And shout out again to all those people who hate my guts. Y'all are doing a justice and an effort to the world. Keep breaking these men down one at a time. You are obsessed and sick. All right, y'all. And I'm back with my favorite segment here in the Afrocentric podcast. We call it the Big Black Shoot. Yes, here at the Afrocentric Podcast, we wanted to let y'all know how much we love Black entrepreneurs and Black companies. So the Big Black Shoutout is an opportunity to help circulate the Black dollar into our communities as well as for audience members to explore Black-owned gems. We put people on and we shout people out. 
Okay, so if there's a business or a company that you want me to shout out on a future podcast, make sure you're emailing me at afrocentricpodcast at gmail.com. So, Wavo, who do you want to shout out? Man, I'm coming in hot with my main guy. He done had me down some star- since I got in Starkville three years ago. He keep me clean with the shoes. You know, black people got to have multiple side hustles. So he keep me clean with the shoes, but most importantly, the clothes. My boy, John at Hood Shark Clothing. You can find him at O underscore G-Boy9 on Twitter. And you can also find the link in his bio to Hood Shark Clothing. He the hottest right now out in the city of Starkville. Well, shout out to Hood Shark Clothing. Keep it real. Shout out to Big John, the disciple, baby. Yes. Yes, honey. You better make them clothes, baby. Yes. He clothing the multitude. Everybody. The whole hood. Shout out to you. The Who's whole the hood. Next person you want the shout second out? one, I got to give it to my dog. She goes, I'm not even going to give her name out because she asked for her name not to be released. But. For all those women out there that's uh, looking for some self-defense classes, some weapons, anything like that, trying to get into safety out here in this evil world. My sister's keeper.com. Check her out, MSK Defense on Facebook. She is real hard when it comes to anything about being a black woman and being into defense. What's on Facebook again? MSK Defense. All right, now. Y'all know that they kidnapping motherfuckers out here. See, I'm 250, so I really ain't got to worry about getting dragged off like that. But for y'all that don't eat, I'm going to recommend that y'all get some self-defense classes. Get y'all a little maze, a little pepper spray. Keep that thing little, on you know, I keep the Thule on me. Mm-hmm. You know, they make me 300 pounds, baby. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Locked and loaded out here. You know how it goes. If you ain't got a little tool and a little piece of mass destruction, I suggest that y'all pick that girl up Ooh. and y'all get y'all some defensive training. Ain't so sure. shout out to black women. Who's okay. the next person you want to shout out? And I'm still with my black woman because this country got us fucked up with these abortion laws. So I got to give it to my girl Aisha over at thehealingtreeoflife.com. She supports C-section recovery, um, just hard recovery that's really intensive on black women's body, different vitamins, different minerals, different just whole bunch of different types of shit that's just going to help you when you're recovering. And it's called Womb 2 is the pill that she gives out for a C-section. And it's just really good. I've heard really good reviews about it. That is such a good resource. Yeah. Shout out to the, the helping tree. No, I don't want to call it the living tree. tree. So bad <laughs> and the giving tree. Oh, it's, just, it's a tree. Like, it's a yeah. tree. Shit. Yes, the ether is speaking to us. Y'all, um... <laughs> C-sections are so important. My mama had a C-section with my baby sister. So y'all make sure that y'all come out and get that good education because like we have already talked about on this episode, black women are dying from childbirth. So y'all go out, y'all get educated. Um, Get your vitamins and your minerals and such. Yes. So shout out to her, man. Shout out to the the health and tree of life. (laughs) Amen. You're so funny. You're a hot mess up here. Ooh, and then we coming in hot with my third one. I'm going to keep staying on my black woman because it's just not enough emphasize on black woman today. I love black women. So, boom. See, say it one more time. I love, black I love them too. So, I'm going to come in hot with Joy Wade. She created a book called A Black Girl's Guide to Natural Hair. We love black, black women, women, black books, and black hair. Yes, it's important to teach these babies how to take care of their hair, how to prioritize it, how to love it, and how What's to live in it. A Black Girl's Guide to Natural Hair. And it's $7.99 on Amazon so you know we real efficient with the money so real nice. efficient and it come not only in the physical copy but she got the audio book already out so you know if your baby just want to listen to her talk she got a nice comment you know that black auntie voice that make you real calm when she say baby she got that voice on that. yes black mothers yes. go ahead another tool to help yield and guide exactly. and your child Yes, Lord. Y'all go ahead and y'all cop that book. You got one more shout out for me today? I got one more for you. It's called A Letter to Myself. It's by Aisha Bo. Okay. And what she does, you can literally just Google A Letter to Myself, and she's one of the first people to pop up. And then she made a deck of cards for self-love. And you can pull a card each day, and it's a different self-love, a different self-affirmation, something that just makes you feel better when you're having a long day. I want to place an emphasis on the fact that black men, y'all can use this too. Exactly. Too. Uh, everybody everybody needs to learn how to do self-love, needs to learn how to appreciate themselves, because how can you love someone else before you love yourself? yourself? Okay? And I love that. I think that is so cute. I think that people don't have a good understanding of how to love yourself without spending mm. a lot of money. 
money mm. and um, taking yourself out to eat and getting your toes done. So I feel exactly. like more people need to be learning about self-love and resources to be able to what implicate self-love in your day-to-day life. And that's so important to take care of yourself first and foremost. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. You got to love yourself. Love. love me some love. Love L-O-B-E. and happiness. Oh, baby. <laughs> All right, man. I just want to give another shout out to the black entrepreneurs, the black solopreneurs, and y'all just out here getting this money. Remember, again, we, we want to do some more big black child. So if you got more companies, more people that you want to put on and, and you want to get more exposure for your business, make sure that you emailing me at the Afrocentric Podcast at gmail.com. Please forgive me for any sins in which I committed those. I know of those I don't know, Lord. Lord, please forgive me for beating this bitch ass today, Lord. Lord, please forgive me for thinking about beating her ass again, Lord. Please rebuke all these demons that's in this house, Lord. I pray Is that to really you, Lord. necessary? Hey, what's your name, mama? I talk to you. My friend trying to get at you. That is so insecurity. I'm going to get your ass up and come be a man. No, and I'm pr- I really am praying for that healing. I feel like the men really scared of rejection. Mm. And, mm. and Pray over you. I want you to know that rejection is not an end all and be all. Matter of fact, the Bible said that Jesus reje- was rejected on the cross. In fact, God turned his head while Jesus was laying on the cross for your sins. So you remember, if Jesus could be a little rejected by his heavenly father, these bitches, you pay them no mind. (laughs) All right. So the next group of people, apparently we praying for black men today because I'm also praying for the niggas that only reach out to their baby mamas during income tax season to see if they can put their children on the income tax. Yes, we are praying that you guys receive jobs before the year ends. Yes, we are praying for increase. Increase. Yes. We ask that the Lord open up a window from heaven and pour y'all out a blessing so big that you ain't got no room to receive it. Yes, we are praying for increase on y'all lives. Y'all leave y'all baby mamas alone. Y'all don't have $40 for a pair of shoes. Y'all, y'all need to do better, but we want better for you guys here at the Afrocentric Podcast. Um. Lastly, we are praying for the young men that think that it is gay to watch in between they ass crack. Okay? And stop using one rag. You need at least minimum two. One for your ass and one for your face. See, while we on the topic of um rags, I'm also praying for the white people that don't believe in the tiny washcloth people. Um, I'm very concerned for this demographic of people because they odors is being malodorous. Mm. We would like to remind mm. you guys that the church pantry is stocked up with soap, Pulling. toothpaste, and shampoo. And remember that this is unnatural heat, so we ask that you wear unnatural deodorant. Okay, y'all are out here wilding in the Lord's streets, and y'all need to get it together. So this is my prayer list 
please let me know who I need to be interceding, fasting, and praying on behalf, okay? Y'all have a wonderful day in Jesus' name. Yes, so I would like to thank Wavo so much for coming and talking with us today. Um, Wavo, is there anything that you would like to say to the Black community before you go? Yes, first and foremost, thank you for having me. And secondly, I want to tell you, no matter what happens, whether you fail 17 times or one, whether you fall on your face or whether you keep doing good in life, I want you to understand that rejection happens. And like Maya Angelou said, when rejection happens, say thank you. Something better has to be on its way. Stand in your gratitude. So just know there's always better days coming. There's always somebody looking out for you, praying over you, watching out for you. And there's always people like me and Morgan here that's got your back and we waiting on you to reach out to us and be there for you. Whether it be a simple conversation that's five minutes or whether it be a whole three hour conversation, we here for you, your community love you. And most importantly, we stand on our black community and we stand with you. Oh, that's so sweet. Niggas, she, that he love you. He love you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, thank you so much for your words of wisdom. Um, I'll we hope to see you again here sometime soon. Um, we're gonna go ahead and wrap <laughs> this so on up. up. Yes, so please remember that Black Lives Matter. Um, remember to listen and to protect Black women. And the only thing that you must do in this lifetime is to be Black and die. And we're just civilized people having civilized conversations. Remember that if you like this podcast, to like, follow, subscribe, and share. I'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs>